BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, we are days away from the final list of Emmy nominees, and I have to say I'm getting pretty excited to see who's going to make the final cut. Um, So we've mentioned before that there are many new faces this year and certainly some familiar ones that are very deserving. Uh, Let's start with the lead actor category that really reads like a who's who of big stars. Yeah, it's interesting because when you look at the list of of prenoms, there are five previous lead actor winners on the list, so exactly 50% that have never taken the trophy. And there's one first-time daytime Emmy nominee on the list in Drake Hogeston from Days of Our Lives. Oh, who I would just love to see on that final list. I mean, he really had the strongest material of his 33-year daytime career and gave what I feel are the best performances he ever has after Marlena was shot on their wedding day. I would love to see his name on the list, too. I think it would just be like really nice to see someone invited to the party after 33 years and to get to have all the experiences that go along with being a nominee. Um, Anyone you're pulling for in particular in that category? Well, I would love to see John Lindstrom make it in there. You know, dual roles are kind of Emmy bait in a way. They're just constructed for an actor to be able to, you know, demonstrate their range. But at GH, they handed him such a major storyline and he just hasn't hit a false note as either Kevin or Ryan or Ryan pretending to be Kevin. Um, And it would be cool to see him get some glory. Oh, I totally agree. Um, If we move on to lead actress, you know, again, another really heavy hitter category. Um, There is one lone day's entry in there, and it's Marcy Miller. And certainly she carried quite a heavy load last year playing Abby, Gabby, and Dr. Laura. I mean, you mentioned two characters. Here we had three. And I think she did a fantastic job, but I sometimes feel it's hard to beat anyone recently on GH or YNR. Right. It'll be interesting to see when there are four powerhouse actresses, all from General Hospital, all past lead actress winners on that list. You know, you wonder if maybe they would like cancel each other out when it comes to the voting. I think this is a category where real selection is really going to be the critical difference, potentially. Mm-hmm. And you look at the actresses from YNR on that list. Um, one is Amelia Heinley, who won back-to-back as supporting actress in the past. Now she's up in this category, and rightly so. I mean, her portrayal of Victoria in the domestic abuse storyline last year was so powerful. You know, not to mention that she was playing opposite her real-life ex, Thad Luckenbill, who was up for the supporting actor category. Um, I think it would be great to see her on that final list as well. Uh, speaking of supporting actress, you know, that category has some real contenders in there as well. I know both 
Daisy's Cassie DePaiva and Martha Madison had some really emotional scenes to submit for consideration, you know, as did Sal Stowers, to be sure, with Lonnie losing baby David. My sentimental favorite in this category is Cassie DePaiva. You know, she has gotten overlooked many, many years uh, for her work as One Life to Live's Blair. I think it is just so cool that she's now in the running as Eve. Absolutely. Um, we also have a couple of past winners in this category. Tamara Braun from GH, who previously won for Days. Last year's winner, Cameron Grimes from YNR. And Beth Maitland from YNR, who won this trophy in 1985 and is so deservedly back on the list. She was like the consummate supporting player in all of the juicy Abbott drama on the show last year. And isn't that what's so amazing about daytime and the process and just the cyclical nature of storytelling? You know, that we're talking about someone who won nearly 35 years ago, having such rich material this many years later that she's in the conversation as someone who not only could make the list, but, you know, possibly win. Absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of 35 years, our guest today marked that milestone on YNR last year. It's Laura Lee Bell, better known to fans like me as Cricket, but <laughs> these days as Christine. She has a new movie for Lifetime Movie Network called Nightmare Tenant, and we're going to talk about that and her Genoa City journey. Let's get her on the phone. Well, hi, Laura Lee. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Didn't have to learn any legal dialogue today, so it's a happy day. <laughs> <laughs> you have had a lot of legal dialogue lately. Oh my gosh, my brain, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's super fun, and these courtroom scenes have been super fun on Young and Restless, but I think people forget, like, you know, you have to memorize every question, and so um, the older, you know, now that I have teenagers who have a, a very big issue every single day, of course, because at that age, like, something monumental is happening constantly. <laughs> so you know, sometimes it's just hard to focus, hard to focus in that legal in that legal space, but, um, you know, we're chugging along. But um, thankfully, those are the air shows. We are now taping past that, so I don't have to, to worry about that so much. But it's been super fun. I love being in the courtroom with Christian LeBlanc. And so it's been, yeah, it's been great. The behind-the-scenes photos have been priceless. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, people, you know, I mean, understandably, they they feel we're very similar to our characters. I couldn't be any more different. Um, I mean, I love that she's, like, this strong, powerful chick, but, like, I'm very sarcastic in real life. I, I'm, like, a goofball. So, um, you know, I I have to, like, suck it up and put on my, my Christine suit and, and, you know, change that mindset. Um, which is fun, but like I am cranking music on the way home and like, you know, very excited to get to my husband and have that well-earned glass of wine after, <laughs> after scenes like that. <laughs> um, well, I will say that when Mara and I would watch, uh, Michelle Stafford show that she used to have, you were our absolute favorite guest. Oh, good. That's so exciting. We have so much, like, you know, that's another thing. Like, um, you know, we... We just, that dynamic of, of Christine and Phyllis is so intense. And, you know, it's been fun doing these scenes with Gina as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Michelle and I obviously have such a history. And, and it, it's so great to do a show like that where it's completely about questions that, you know, would never be. It's not, it's nothing to do with like a roundup question in a, in a soap magazine. It's like, <laughs> she cut right to it. She did. Um, which is fun, which is fun. Otherwise, you know, I mean, like no one would ever know that side of us. And, and I think that's, um, you know, that's a, a great little element she had there. And Michelle will get people to say things that they would 
swear before they go into that interview, oh, I won't talk about that, I won't talk about that. And then, you know, a couple minutes come in, a couple minutes later. And then, and another thing. That's why <laughs> you're our okay. favorite. It, it worked great. Because we oh, didn't I'm really so know that much about you, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really got a sense of your personality. We were like, we want to hang out with Laura Lee. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm not cricket, damn it. <laughs> but not that I don't, not that I don't love her. I was just saying, I've been like saying to people like, you know, cause I was like, you know, this is really hard for me because my character, you know, suffered some, some abuse and some, some like, you know, she wasn't treated well by men. So it's very hard for me to then question Victoria because as a woman and as, and in today's society, like, you know, it's horrific what she has been through, regardless of the extreme, regardless of if they were, you know, legally married, whatever. It wasn't right. And so, like, I personally would be like, I can't say this. I can't say this. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? My, I am the DA, and and this is what the DA does. What would be great is if I then went home to Paul or went to, like, Nina, if she were still on the show, and, like, broke down in tears and said, like, you know, I had to do this because it's my job, but my personal feelings are like, you know, I am in like knots because like I don't I don't know if I agree with what my job is telling me to do. So it would have been great to have have that um, as well as just like, you know, pounding everyone with these questions. But um, yeah, that would have been in cool. interviews like these and in interviews. Yeah. And in interviews like these and people can know that that's what I was really, really thinking. And Christian and I talked a lot about it and like we were, you know, it's really stressful. And so that's why we made those fun, funny dialogues like um, or videos. I would look behind me every day and like the whole cast is on his side <laughs> and I have nobody ever <laughs> behind me. And, and it really did. I mean, it felt lonely. Like you could I during breaks, like they're all having pulling out snacks and all talking to each other and. And, like, everyone would just see me sitting there with my briefcase. And, you know, they were, test, like, doing shots or testing lighting, so I couldn't go over there and partake in that. But I was like, this is not, like, I have the most dialogue, and I have to sit here all by myself. <laughs> and you don't get but snacks? That's okay. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, they weren't, they weren't, like, coming across the aisle. They were, like, staying to that side. Those, those Newman girls are snackers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, they had everything. They had, I mean, they had every kind of snack imaginable, what? but a lot of chocolate. So. Oh. I was going to say, what they have, what the Newmans have, <laughs> what they bring. Yeah. yeah, I mean, every day was something different. It's, it's all good. I lost weight during the trial. They gained weight. Last <laughs> <laughs> no, laugh. Um, Mar yeah. and I wondered if having um, Lauren Woodland there, now you have an actual lawyer in the lo- in the legal scenes, did that like change the game a little? Yes. Well, she was so, she was, I mean, she's so great, but we would just, we, every morning we'd, we'd run our lines in blocking and then we'd grab her and be like, would that really happen? Would that really happen? And she, she basically was like, yep, they've done their work and um, it would happen or maybe it wouldn't happen quite like this, but it's, you know, it's, it's correct enough. And, you know, YNR's always been very great about like checking any legal Clarification. You know, it's always been it's always been accurate, but um, we definitely grabbed her more than I'm sure she was expecting <laughs> because she had dialogue too. Um, but she told us some great stories about cases, and um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it, it just definitely, you know, you when I would sit back and watch her, I'd be like, this is crazy. I mean, she is here, she is saying it, and this is she'll go, you know, next week, and she'll be doing this in front of, uh, you know, the real deal. So, and it was definitely a fun little twist to have in there. 
we've never had that either. We've never had like two lawyers on one side and then me all by myself on the other side. <laughs> two against one. I know. Yeah. Trisha Cast, where are you? They need, they really do need to know cricket. anybody, anybody. <laughs> I called like, this is when Doug, you know, was like um, kind of talking about like everything was like working out for his return. And I, I would text him and say like, you know, I'm, this this case is really hard and like you're my security blanket like when i'm panicking for an opening or closing argument i just can look at you and know like it'll be okay like i have someone like in my corner and i was like i need you and he's like i'll be there. you know i'll be there soon um <laughs> it was af- it was after the trial but but at least we have our first scene um coming up so we're super excited well can you tell us what it was like for you to have him gone and then of course to now be celebrating his return I mean, I never, you know, I, I never acknowledged it on, on social media or with anyone because I just, I would never accept that he's gone. Like it was just, you know, it was a weird little miscommunication, I believe. And, you know, the, the end result is he's back. And, um, so, so in my mind, I was never not going to work with him or, you know, or maybe I wouldn't be working, but like, I, I just, it wasn't even in my thought process that I, um, that he wouldn't be there. So it was just a little hiatus, we'll call it. <laughs> um, but everyone's so happy to see him. Like it's so, it's so it's great. Like if ever you wonder, like if your if your work family misses you, take a little break and then come back. Because he was like, it was, people were just like squeamishly running to him, giving him a hug, and and then you know he says, because I've taken a year off or something for pregnancy or whatever, and he was like, it's as if. I never left. I'm like, yes, I know. I said, that's not bad though. Like there's something so comforting to know that like the same people are walking in the hallway and you know, your dressing room's still exactly how you left it. And, um, you know, we'll still have bagels on Mondays and Thursdays. Like there's just some certain things that, that it's just a good feeling that they don't change. And just the show right now, everyone's in such a happy place. There's such great momentum. I think there's, you know, super, um, stories coming up and, it's really, it's, you know, other than some, you know, personal tragedy at the show um, with Kristoff, it's, I think people, you know, when sadness like that happens, you really realize, like, um, petty things and all of that, just, it's not, whoops, I'm, I'm barking dogs for a second, sorry. Um, it just doesn't matter. Um, so. Uh, we had photos of you at Melody's 40th, you were standing right there when Melody and Doug saw each other for the first time. And the look on your face was so sweet seeing them see each other. Oh, I know. It was the best. It was so sweet. Um, yeah, I, it's just like you can't. Sorry about these dogs. <laughs> this is real life. Um, we love your dogs. They're the we talk about okay, them a oh, lot. Good. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a true, genuine moment caught, and everyone was so happy that was there. Doug and I saw it after the fact, and I was like, "How can I get that? How can I get that?" I'm like, "It's on the wine our story. <laughs> go go see it again." So um, so yeah, it was it was great because you know we were we were in that moment. We weren't expecting we weren't expecting anyone to be taping it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously you touched upon the fact that, you know, it would have been great if Paul had been there during the trial, but what was it like for you to sort of not have Christine's partner there for, you know, quite a significant amount of time? 
I mean, it was just, everything about it was weird. Like we are so connected personally and and in, in our characters. Like we rarely work without each other. So um, it was just, you know, it was just different. Um, I again, I never thought he wouldn't be back. So I, I just kind of went along my work. I also did a mo- you know this Lifetime movie during that time, so I was gone um, for a good month as well. So uh, you know it. I, and I talk to him all the time, so it's just it it didn't seem any different. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about that movie. It is Nightmare Tenant on the Lifetime Movie Network, and you are not only starring in it, but you are also the executive producer. So tell us how it came to be and what roles you served, you know, during the filming and prior to the filming. Okay. Um, well, so I'm working with the same group that I did. last year. I did a movie called Mistress Hunter. Um, for a lifetime, and it was just an incredible experience. Um, and it was really great because very often lifetime movies or or, um, or a hallmark movie, just to kind of this kind of genre is is done in Canada or elsewhere. And so this was shot um, in Santa Clarita, California, and um, I had the best time with with um, Mr. Hunter and kind of just let them know that I love this. And um, if they need me in the future, if they if there's another movie coming up, just let me know. So um, about a year had gone by, and then I got a call uh, from the same group saying, hey, we have another idea for you. To rest your brain from legal dialogue, why don't you come play a doctor? <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, yes, I, that is what I need. Um, but <laughs> I read the script, and it was, um, you know, it's Lifetime, I just... I don't know. I'm just one of those people that just love those movies because you can kind of sit back on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon or Friday night, which is when this airs, and just, you know, it's they're becoming a little bit more scary now. There's, um, I, I just, I think their their whole sort of formula is fun with some big ending and then, you know, does it work out well or not well? But um, so I got the script and... Um, and luckily, I was having a slow month on YNR, so it all worked out. Um, and then they, they mentioned that I could be executive producer on this project, which was great. Um, and so I had worked with the director, Rob. He had done some um, B-roll in Mistress Hunter, so I was familiar with him. And, you know, I think the directors know that we can handle a significant amount of dialogue. We certainly understand camera position, there's a community, like, there's just, you, it's such a great, to be able to do a soap and then go do a movie, you just, you understand so many things. You understand timing and cueing and um, all of that. So I think they just appreciated that I come with that knowledge and um, just let me be involved a little bit more. And it was great. It was, it was fun, but it was, it was it's, a, it's a younger cast. Um, so I would basically leave my sweet teens, who I adore, I make fun of, but... Um, I was leaving their trauma and then getting to set with three 18 to 22 year old girls (laughs) and listening to them. But like that just, that felt like home. It was all good. I loved them all. They were very impressed with my knowledge of Instagram and, uh, you know, the latest, the latest music and, and TV shows. So we had a lot of fun and it goes, you know, it's very intense. It's like, I basically come home to sleep, but I do get to come home, which to me has always been, I've just turned down things because I'm, I'm a mom first. So if it's like you have to leave for 
six weeks, I just won't do it. And I'll I'll be sad about it, but I was I'm always like you know there will be a time when they're they're older and I know they're old. <laughs> like people are like okay they're 16 and 18 like they're driving a car, <laughs> you can go away for a couple weeks. But there's something about it that just I still like you know until they're gone out of the house or or really don't care. Um, I just don't. I, it's not in me to to leave. So this worked out great. I was. My husband really has to take over for about three weeks, and I it it actually the house runs much smoother. Um, so I'm not saying like oh everyone needs me or, or the world crumbles, but um, it's good for everybody. It's good for them to know that you have to go to dad or you have to figure it out or whatever. So anyway, that's the movie. I learned a few things in this movie. One, if you are a doctor and you wear a white jacket, you really have to have white teeth. Because you're always up against this like shockingly white jacket. So I've every doctor I've seen since I've made this movie, I was like, God, I didn't realize how white your teeth have to be. And I think I've made a few of them very uncomfortable. And they're like, Oh, oh, and they're like, <laughs> I'd be I looking in the mirror the second after you left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So that was crazy. Um, I learned about the carpal. The car- why it's called carpal tunnel. I had to explain about that we have our wrist is made up of I think it was eight eight small bones in our wrist called the carpal bone. So I didn't know that's why it was called carpal tunnel. Um, like it was a super fun movie to make. The only difficult day was we were doing this montage and they were like, could you just kind of ad lib some medical terms for a few minutes? <laughs> and I was like, wait, <laughs> no, <laughs> like other than, other than come check with me in a week and we'll see how you're doing. I really don't know what to say. So um, that was, that was fun. We had a little bit of wind and weather, as always, up in Santa Clarita. Um, let me think what else. I mean, it was just a great, it was a great, a great group. Um, um, yeah, John um, Burdell, who plays my boyfriend, I think in the past did a movie with Tracy Bregman, so he knew her. Like, there's always a connection. Or, or you know, it's kind when they admit, like, they used to watch YNR. Um it was just a, it was a great group. So now here I am, movie number two with them. I'm already like, okay, <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> In about eight months, I'll be ready. To, you know, call call again. Fabulous. Well, all right. So Laura Lee, tell us about the plot line. So Nightmare Tenant, like I mean, the the title is very sort of, you know, it says it. But let me explain. Um, so my character is a doctor, a single mom who is so excited because her daughter is off to college, not only where she went, but where her grandmother went. So this is the third generation of Allen women going to this very prestigious school. And so um, the movie starts where I'm packing her up and just, you know, she's off to Boston and, um, you know, figuring out what she needs to wear. And um, suddenly she, she starts looking at me and my excitement and she says, you know, we've never really talked about this, but are you going to be okay? And I'm like, what do you mean am I going to be okay? And she said, well, you're alone in this huge house. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Like only co- uh, just concentrate on you and all this excitement that's ahead of you. And um, so my daughter suggests just the idea of possibly taking in a local college student or just someone. So when I come home at night, there's another body in the house and I'm not all by myself. So Red I flag. appreciate her concern. Yeah, I appreciate her concern, but feel like I'm a grown woman and I can definitely, I have a boyfriend, but he's not, he's not moved in, but I'll be good. Just don't worry about me. Um, Just get, get in the car and get there safely. 
so off she goes, and it sort of hits me that you know now she is gone, and I say to the to my boyfriend, um, this is what she suggested, but it's kind of silly. And then little did I know, the next day at work, um, a young girl is asking to see a female doctor, and I go in, and she just tells me this very sad story about um, her parents not being around, and um, she really doesn't know what she's going to do next. And without even thinking, I'm like, hey, that's so crazy, because I was just thinking about renting out a room, and um, you know, until you get your feet back on the ground, why don't you come and stay with me? So she does, and then from that moment on, <laughs> life as I know it <laughs> is not quite the same. Things just start happening um, at work, strange things in my relationship. Um, it's just one kind of oddity after another. And you know, at the, I'm not in the first six minutes of the movie, so it really explains at the beginning why this person is doing what they're doing. Um, and then obviously by the two thirds through, well, you know, much sooner why she's doing it. But, um, I start along with my daughter and, uh, boyfriend, we start kind of, um, seeing something's just not right. And who could it be? And by the end, you know, there's that great moment and a big, scene and we find out um but you have to watch to see (laughs) (laughs) so should we not watch with the lights out well it's so funny you should say that because i you know i'm such a fan of lifetime and all their movies and you know yes sometimes i get scared but i would never get scared in something that i was a part of but i the the music is great and it leads you into that sort of your heart starts beating a little extra and (laughs) um there is something that uh, the girl that moves in, what she does at the beginning of the movie that I, I honestly had to look away <laughs> and I thought, this is crazy. Like I, I even know what's happening and it just, and I know that it's pretend it's not really going to happen, but it, it, I have to say it freaks me out a little bit. That's um, a compliment to But the you film. see it, it. Yeah. And you, but you see to her, to her like craziness, what she would go to, to, um, to get back at, uh, me or whoever. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's, I, I love that Lifetime kind of keeps coming up with, it's, they're, they're fun formulas. I mean, you know, it's going to be some issue and then people will figure it out and there will be like this great ending. And then, you know, hopefully everyone's good by the end, um, for like the last 30 seconds of the movie. And there's just a smile. <laughs> you can take a deep breath. <laughs> um, but it's, like this, this was, uh, you know, another great idea. And I thought, hey, um, let's try the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right, we conquered know, lawyering. Let's let's knock yeah, it all out. Right. So, so I think I, from this point on, I have to be like a, a vet would be so great, or something, <laughs> you know, something I don't know, um, a saleswoman like in a great store where it would just be, you know, fun dialogue and not. No nail biter stress right. right before, but it was it was such a calming set that I I really didn't have too much fear. And how would you describe your character? Like besides a doctor, like what kind of woman is she? Um, well, she she's definitely once she, once she steps into once she almost like puts on that white coat, you definitely see her. It's sort of like Christine with her legal suit. I mean, she is a is total business mode. You can tell that she runs that hospital. Um, and then, you know, it's so nice to always have people then come home because you see 
their vulnerable side and, um, you know, that the, the kind of the whole person. But she's she's obviously worked very hard to maintain this kind of schedule where you're on call all the time, but you're a single mother. So, um, you know, you can just, t- you know that juggling all of that has, has made her strong and uh, her daughter thinks she's sad about her leaving and you know I always go to like well maybe the maybe the mom's been waiting this for this day (laughs) for the last 18 years (laughs) she's like gonna close the door and dance around and say ah she's gone um, no I yeah (laughs) but uh no I mean she definitely they they check in a lot it's really sweet I mean I have a daughter almost that same age so it's it it definitely hit home in terms of her comments were like you know you you know that this day's coming your whole life that your child's gonna say okay I'm off to college but when it actually comes you panic because you can't imagine that it's already there. So it's sweet, sweet, scary, sad, a little bit of every emotion. Awesome. Um, And when is it airing? It's airing Friday, March 22nd. And it is, it's great because they're calling it their anchor for the, um, for their um, spring breakdowns. So they have, they have a bunch of movies that they're, they're doing for spring break, but ours kicks off the Friday night schedule. So 8, 7 Central, uh, Nightmare Tenant, Lifetime Movie Network. Uh, we will be tuning in. Yay. <laughs> Any chance of a Nightmare Tenant 2? Uh, you know, there's always a chance. There's still talk of a Mistress Hunter too. So um, I, again, I, I love Lifetime. So uh, whoever wants to do two number four, you know, two first, I'm I'm in. <laughs> or the I could erase. do or I could do two 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 first. <laughs> A double double. Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, you hope to do more projects with them. Do you want to produce more projects? I mean you've obviously written your own project that you want an Emmy for. Would you want to write a project? Um, you know what I I've been doing a lot of um writing with Martha Byrne who is who was Lily on As the World Turns and we have about five projects that we've submitted um, out there in the universe floating around. So, um, you know, I I love this stage right now because, you know, I'm so happy at YNR, but if YNR is like, we can't use you for a month, then, you know, hopefully I could do a Lifetime movie. If I'm not doing something like that, then, yes, I'm pushing other projects. So I'm constantly, like, just in the mode of kind of trying to get things done. It's It's definitely not easy, so... It's a lot of, you know, hurry up and wait or new meetings or it's something's moving up in this, you know, area, but then all of a sudden someone's, you know, like then that, that network's done with taking on new projects and then you shift over here. So, like, I just love kind of the juggling of all of that. So, yes, I would I would love, if they would let me write one, I would love to write one. Um, but I don't know. There's something nice also about just showing up for work and, like, dealing with someone else's script. Um, <laughs> Just because we have to, we had to, we had to move so fast on this that um, I don't know I don't I don't know if I would I mean I'm sure I would love that so I'm never going to say no to anything we'll see what happens. It seems like producing is sort of in the Bell blood. Uh, have you ever wanted to serve in that capacity on one of your family's soaps? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely been more talk about it than ever, which is which is very nice. I just. Um, it would pro- I think I'd, I, 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 it's so hard to say, like my, I was about to say, I think it would be great if it were like a new project, but at the same time, I have so much comfort level, um, with the, with wine, R&B, but, you know, 
regardless of if any of that happens, I don't know if people are aware, but like I truly pretended, I faked being sick when I was young. I faked it for a month. I would hide thermometers all over our house at like 102 or 101. Not so alarming that they would be like that concerned. I guess 102 would be too alarming. So maybe it was around one oh one hundred point. You really thought it out. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I did. And they were everywhere. So whatever room my mom would take my temperature in, I could say, you know, could you get me a blanket? And I'd do the switch. And I would, I would completely do this 100% to watch Young and Restless with my father. And then he would make a call to Ed Scott um, and tell him what he liked and didn't like about the show. And I, uh, that phone call to me was the most fascinating thing every single day because he would mostly be happy. But on the days where he felt like a scene didn't reach, you know, the point where it should have been or, um, whatever it was, I would listen and think, wow, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think about that. And then I would go back and watch it again and see if I could understand what he was talking about. So, you know, whether I'm ever, ever able to translate that, um, in, in a producer role, um, you know, I don't know, but it, I just thank him for that because that was like, you know, the best training there was. Um, and it was, it was fascinating. I mean, it was really exciting. Like Bozo was on at the, like, you know, it would be like YNR would finish. And then my mom had a live talk show on CBS opposite Bozo. So I'd be like, Ooh, like Bozo's on. And my, you know, like my mom's on, but do I, I really want to go hear this phone call. So like, I would be, I would be juggling, but, um, it was like, it was definitely for me much more interesting to stay at my house than it was to go to school. So it my poor it. children, when my poor it. children, when they say, I don't feel good, I'm like, you're going, you're going. <laughs> I know you've I hit like thermometers. I know all the tricks. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't fool me. I'm the queen of faking it. Um, so, so yeah, I'm like, you know, I, I know my dad know, knew that, but like, I so wish now I could just be like, that was so, like, that was so great what you did. And, you know, that's just second nature to him and. And, but it's, you know, things like that when you grow up that you just wish like, oh, I wish, I wish he knew how much those phone calls meant. And, um, all I can do is like take that knowledge and hope to, to do something great with it. So were you ever on set as a little girl? So I did, I think I, well, I was an extra on an airplane with David Hasselhoff. Um, but you know, so I just sat, I just sat there. So I thought I, I don't think that I got the impression that my dad was hoping for. I was like, oh, that's so easy. Oh, my God, that's so easy. Um, so he thought, oh, well, she's too young. She, she's too young to understand this. So um, then a bunch of years went past, and then the whole cricket thing came, which was only supposed to be for two, for two days. This was never – my parents' intention was for me to be a tri-delt at Northwestern or some school um, and to certainly not get bitten by the acting bug. Um, so my dad, I think, you know, eventually thought it was great. My mom thought it was great, but she had still, her, her biggest wish was that I would be a tri-delt. So <laughs> my poor daughter, <laughs> you can't where she's stay home going. from school <laughs> and she's going to be a tri-delt. <laughs> and I'll like sleep over a couple of times and then maybe I can t- say I was a tri-delt too. <laughs> but it, yeah, I think it, you know, it, it all worked out. Okay, I mean, 
do I do I regret that I missed that experience? Sure, but you know, have I had other experiences that other people? You know, it's just you you take one for the other, I guess. Well, what do you remember about the early years as cricket? And at what point did you realize, oh wait, this is a thing? I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember being terrified, and I and I knew I was not. I knew I was terrible, so it was really scary. And so, <laughs> cricket was my favorite character. Out. Just so you know. Oh, you're so you're so sweet. I mean, like once it got to Danny and Nina days, then I feel like I was able to to like understand the whole acting thing better. It's like the first summer where I was supposed to be a, a model. I was very timid. Um, I was very shy, and um, and our director would or our, our producer would come out and say, and he was very loud, and he would he would spit a bit when he would talk. <laughs> so he would come right up to me and he'd be like, look, you've got to do this and you've got to sway it this way and you've got to do this. And so he would do these over-exaggerated modeling moves and I would just sort of stare at him in a panic like, well, that doesn't look good, but I guess what he means, <laughs> I guess what he means is like, I'm not, like I'm, I'm not coming off as a model. I couldn't even say the word model. I would, I was from Chicago and I, I would kind of swallow the D, so I would say, like, model. Um, so it was just like, you know, God bless the audience for, for sticking it out. <laughs> um, and, you know, I look back at it, and, you know, I think everyone looks back at, at old tape and freaks out about everything. But, um, but I just remember being very nervous. And then one day, this was, you know, a couple of years later, I did something in a scene where I raised my hands over my head or did some sort of quirky like movement. And from that day on, I had no fear of like the box of the, you know, the, the camera box. Um, and I think that's very freeing. Um, I keep like, if there's new people that start, I just, you know, I won't, if I'm not close to them, of course I would never say this, but it's like, you can tell the moment that they've had that where like, they aren't scared anymore of moving their hands or um, of just something that kind of gets them out of that stuck box feeling where you can't move or I don't know. It's hard to explain, but mm-hmm. like on these Lifetime movies, I have no no fear. Um, it's it's really different. Not that I, I'm afraid of at Young and Restless. It's just it's a tremendous amount of dialogue, these opening and closing statements, and you have half the cast sitting there like waiting for you to like finish so that everyone can go home. <laughs> So it's a, it's, a, it's a really different kind of pressure. Um, even if you've been doing it forever, you're just like, you're like, and then you have this moment, like, I don't know if it's just because I'm older, like right before I like try and think of the first line and knowing it's like a three-page monologue. And I'm like, I can't, I don't even know what the first word is. <sighs> and they're like, okay, are we ready? <laughs> you know, and you just have to say to yourself, you've been doing, like, this is what you do. You've been doing this forever. Like, and then suddenly it starts and work like your mouth starts moving and hopefully your brain catches up. And Christian and I talk about that a lot because not too many people have the joy of opening and closing arguments, but it's really like, it's a bizarre day. It's a terrifying day to be honest with you, but it's very fulfilling once it's over. <laughs> right. You could have been a makeup executive and, or continued as a model, but no, you were a lawyer right, with all right. like, the tough dialogue. <laughs> I know. I even suggested recently, I was like, come on, let her let let cricket like be like you know what I've been serious for too long I'm going back to modeling <laughs> like I'll be like I'll be like an older woman skincare model that's like, right the face of Chabot come like on like that <laughs> I know I would love it 
I would love it. Doug and I, like, always joke. We're like, we never get to go to the GCAC and talk about, like, what we're having for dinner. We're always, like, putting together a case. <laughs> it's really, That's it's so like true. a whole different kind of dialogue. <laughs> I know. So, so we want, we used to, though. We used to, like, make fun. We used to be like, oh, my God, we are having strawberries and whipped cream again. Like, how many times can a couple have strawberries and whipped cream? <laughs> but now we're like, we're, now we're like, wouldn't you give anything for a a nice ripe strawberry. <laughs> I would give anything to talk about that, but it's okay. A girl can dream. That's so funny. So I'm so curious what it was like for you. I mean, obviously your longevity and popularity speaks for itself, but cutting your teeth, was there an added degree of difficulty kind of coming in with the family connection to the show? So, yeah, I mean, I, again, like now that I'm older and I understand what it's, like to respect your parents and and be in awe of what my parents did. Um, when I was younger, I would never introduce myself with my last name, and I would sort of hope that no one would know until they like got to know me, and, and you know worked with me, and you know I just wanted to be like known first for like oh she comes to to work knowing her lines and oh she doesn't ask for anything special and oh she's like you know, kind of crazy fun and like, well, you know, I just wanted to be known for that, not anything else. I was probably naive in in thinking that like people would go months without knowing, but (laughs) there would be some times where I'd be like, I don't think they know. And, you know, and then now, again, now that I'm older, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, I suppose it's once my dad, you know, passed away, it was like, you know, and everyone said, like, there was, there's nobody like him or he had this gift or whatever. And now I'm like, oh, why would I ever try and say, like, you know, I'm not a member of the family. But I think, I think people can also understand why I would. It wasn't that maybe that I was – I just wanted to be, to be accepted for who I was first. Then you can know whatever. Um, and now I'm, like, super proud and would, like, say it without any hesitation um, because – Truly, like, I, I just, I'm in so, you know, huge awe of my parents for not only working so hard, but, like, then being really relaxed. Like, my dad was a jokester, and he, you know, he would just, everything was so casual. Like, we would truly, every Sunday, have Campbell's tomato soup and noodles and a hunk of cheese and a hunk of, and like, a salami that we'd get from Wisconsin, drive back to, to Chicago, and, like, watch and get put tray tables in front of the TV and, like, watch game shows and we were just I mean it was such a routine but it was so comforting um that's amazing I don't think anyone's guessing that yeah they did such a great job of like just because we weren't you know we weren't out here so life was very normal um we lived in an apartment our our whole lives like in the same place and my dad was always at home in a bathrobe typing and my mom would do a live noon show but would be there in the morning and then be done and be with us in the afternoon but would be like studying for her three guests the next day um so it was a very normal um childhood and then we came out here and then it got a little different but you know not so much I mean my parents just weren't ever into the whole I mean it, I don't know it just I think the whole why in our group is so grounded and so about family that it's not, people don't get caught up in like, oh, we're, we're on TV or, oh, you know, it's the number one soap for whatever many years. Like, 
it's a huge accomplishment, but that was so not the focus of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, oh my God, I've got to, I never have a break <laughs> <laughs> and I have to come up with a full show every single day. And sometimes too, when BNB went on. So like, it was just always a work mentality. So that, that is something that I'm thrilled that I got from my parents because I am a workaholic. Um, I, the thing I used to make fun of my mom where she would never sit down is what I think my kids notice about me. <laughs> I just, I'm constant, I'm constantly moving. Um, but that's what I love. I love waking up every day and like not knowing what's going to, you know, happen really, but knowing that I have a lot of possible, very positive things going on, let alone an amazing husband and let alone like kids where I don't know what's going to, like, I don't know what they're going to be when, when they grow up. I don't know what, you know, who they're going to be dating in a couple of weeks. I don't know. Like, I don't like, that's exciting to me. Like just to wait and see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, you, we did talk about your dad, but we, must talk about your mother. I mean, she is such a pioneer as well. You know, in addition to her contribution to soap, she was, as you mentioned, a broadcaster. So what was it like to grow up with a mom who was a celebrity, you know, and then just kind of who is she today? She was like, you know, she was like superwoman to me, um, that she could do all of this and never miss a beat. So the only time that I would get kind of not upset, but anxious about her celebrity, like we couldn't go anywhere in Chicago without someone stopping us. So when I wanted to go shopping at like Benetton sweaters on a Sunday, um, it would take us a couple hours. Um, so, you know, as a daughter, you're like, come on, come on, come on. But she was so gracious to every single person that, that would come up to her. Um, and you know, my mom is, you know, she's just so genuine and so she's so fascinated in everybody's story. So she, she wouldn't just want to say like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Thank you. And move on. She'd want to hear like, you know, do you watch with your family? And where are you from? And, um, you know, it's it just, it's never anything quick with her. Like she's a people person. Um, and so just watching that over the years, uh, it's been, I tell her every single day, she's now 90 and I'm just like, you are the best mom ever. And she's like, oh, no, you, you, you know, we play that game. But I'm not saying it just to say it. Like, I mean it. And I know she means it too, but I'm just saying, like, she's earned it. Um, So I feel super fortunate. Um, Both of my parents have just been completely, um, you know, it's been been such a gift to learn from both of them. So you can only hope. That's when, like, when a teen says something, like, so – off the cuff or like something I'm like no 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 I didn't raise you like that like you have to be like kindness is has to come first and like you have to think of someone else's feelings and and, you know you have to put yourself in this position um and you know think if your friend's hurting like that's why it's not one-sided so yeah I just I mean I thank God for my mom every day so we you know we remember covering like the birth of your children and now they're teenagers what kind of uh, relationship and, you know, do you have with them as teens and what kind of mom are you now with teenagers at home? Yeah, I'm, I mean, my kids, like, are everything. If I find out that, you know, someone broke, like, if she anything happened during the day at school, I'm kind of, I'm at work, but my brain is like, oh, my gosh, this is when she's going into geology and I know she's, you know, anxious about something or um, so, so, um yeah, I mean, they're, they're my everything. My Christian is now 18, and he's almost 6'4", and I just stare up at him and think, you know, first of all, A, how did my husband and I create such a, <laughs> a, a, a tall, handsome dude? But um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's sort of still like this like little guy caught in this big body. And so I'm just still every day trying to, in my in my messages to them, um, just, you know, I'm really probably the, like, the rolling the eyes annoying mom right now, but I feel like this is such a key time to be like, uh, you know, whenever I can get in a message, like, make sure... You know, I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but, you know, if they're anxious about them, I just feel like so many kids have anxiety right now because of social media and because the schools are so difficult and because, you know, my son's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to graduate high school. But then what am I like? He's just not a school guy, so I don't think he'll go to college right away. But then he's nervous, like, what is he going to do? So then I, like, you know, as a mom and dad, we're like, we're going to help you figure out what you're going to do. But, you know, it's it's not that easy. And, um I just think when you have kids, it's like, it's just, it's your, it's your whole existence. I mean, you can't, now that our daughter's driving, yes, I was so excited. Oh my gosh, it's the first morning. I'm not driving someone to school in 15 years. I don't even know what that means. But then they're off, she goes in the car and you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, you know, for me, because I did this whole series about you can't text and drive. So I'm like, well, she should be there by now, but I can't text her because I don't want her to answer. So I don't want to call her because what if she presses the button to like look down for a second? She's on this windy road. So, I mean, it's just a whole new worry. Um, And all you can do is just like she was having a tough day at school. You know, I had to send this message like, you know, I know you, you are a tough girl. You got this. Like, you know, I will help you through it. Like, that's all you can do. It's like, hopefully, if and it sounds so silly, but talking about what I talked about before, when I had that moment on camera where I suddenly felt free, where I didn't feel inhibited, that is what I'm hoping, like, she'll have that moment of, like, don't be afraid to have to talk to a teacher. Don't, you know, if someone's saying something to you that's not so nice, a friend, either walk away or go and say, hey, I'm not really sure what the issue is. You know, let's talk this through. So it's like I feel like we're, we're I'm in that zone of like this is I stayed home so much when they were young, but I would be like, don't you remember I stayed home and we hung out and we did this? Like, we don't remember. So now I'm like, oh, it was, I'm, I'm so happy I stayed home. Don't get me wrong. But maybe these years are really like where it's super important that um, every message I can give them is just a message of happiness and strength and da 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 Because so, they're gone, you know, they're, as teenagers, they're gone all, all the time. They're like, hi, morning, okay, here's my plan, I'm this, 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 and here's, you know, there's a part of me that's like looking at my husband, I'm like, ooh, we're almost there, and ooh, we get to have dinner, you know, no one's, no one's home till like 10 o'clock tonight. Um, but at the same time, then you worry, like, you know, where are they? And it's, it's, it's you know, any any parent knows it's, we're all talking the same language, but, um, but yeah, I, it's, it's all encompassing. And so whenever anyone's like, you have a day off and it's again, for anybody, if you have kids, you're, you're, if you're not literally like working, then you're, you know, getting dinner ready or you're knowing that they're bringing friends over. So you're going out and getting snacks. Like it's just, it's, it's normal life, (laughs) Um, regular life. Are either one of them interested in the entertainment business? Um, well, our daughter was a bit, um, but that was about three or four years ago. So I don't know. I mean, you know, she, she really, when I, when we made my promise, she was around for that. And I think she got kind of caught up in that. And she, you know, it's so funny with teenagers because they really don't watch YNR so much, um, if occasionally if it's on and they're coming in, but I, she said, well, when's this Mr. Hunter thing on? And I was like, it's on this day. And so she and her 
she had a boyfriend at that time, and she was watching it with him. And afterwards, like this is a, you know, she was like, actually, it wasn't that bad, you know, like so. <laughs> That's a huge so, compliment. <laughs> um, I was, I was like, oh my gosh. So now this next month's coming up, and I just got the like screener of it, and I was like, if you want to see it, she's like, well, I mean, let me see what I have going. <laughs> like, let me see when I can give you my two hours. <laughs> um, but it's funny. They're just like, you know, they don't, they're, they don't care. Um, I mean, they're super supportive and, and, and now like Christian, our son said, Hey, a friend, a friend was in the house the other day and said like, where did your mom buy that? Like, where did she get that Emmy? Like, did you buy them? Or like, like, you know, like, did I get, did I get it at like an auction or like at a a swap meet or something? And he's like, no, she won. I know (laughs) she won it. And, and, and he was like, God, my friend, it was crazy. He was like, that's so cool. And then I have a friend from Louisiana, and, like, I guess YNR is huge there. I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, oh, yeah. I, like, so it's funny because, like, they're friends. Like, that for him, like, that that's verification of, of coolness. And I'm like, you know, it's really your grandma and grandpa. Like, they were the, the – they, like, led this pact. So it's it's interesting for them to sort of understand it now because truly if it's not, if it's not, like, you know, on YouTube or whatever – I'm, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, now, last year you hit the 35 year mark on YNR. Um, when you look back, what does that even mean to you? Um, I mean, I never really like do the numbers because it just like I think the numbers are cr- like that's a crazy number. Um, I mean, you know, again, I go back to like the more the crew and like and the cast that have been there. Um, that sort of started it. Like, I, it's just, it's so great that it's still such a family there. And if it's not maybe the original, you know, we had an original boom boom operator who passed away, but now his son is doing camera. Like, there's so much of that in there. Um, that that that's what I love. I love that that we're seeing, you know, kids that were starting off now having families of their own. Like, uh, of course, it's you know amazing to just be a part of it. And, and some of the storylines we've done have been incredible to touch people. And at the end of the day, the thank you goes to the fans because they are who keep us on the air. But in terms of me, like, I don't ever really stop to think about, like, what I've done there. I really just kind of look at others and just be like, you know, it's so great that, you know, it's a multi-generation for you guys. And, and you know, we're all still supporting each other and we can, like, laugh about jokes from 20 years ago or... Um, so, so it's more about like that longevity than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it must make you feel so proud just to even walk through both those sound stages and to think this is what your parents created and it's, they're still here and so successful today. I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're, I'm like never over on B&B so much, but it's like I saw Catherine Kelly Lang yesterday and I just, you know, we're Instagram buddies and like every time I see her, which is you know not often enough, I'm just like, it is amazing. First of all, how incredible she looks. Um, and just like that, like, this is like from the get go. Like I remember my parents, like putting together that, that, um, group of, of foresters and, and Logans. And it was like, you know, time goes by so quickly. Um, but it was like, it's, it's just, it's really amazing to be a part of. And then, you know, for my brother to have taken over, um, this was never anyone's intention, um, at all. So, that's what's exciting. I mean, it's sad that my dad's not around and my mom couldn't make Melody's um, anniversary the other day. But 
at the same time, you know, my brother spoke and I look up at him like, this is really cool. Like, you know, you are, you are, dad is so proud right now. And it's so nice that we can keep this in the family and just know that, you know, we are doing our best to carry on exactly the intention. The character-driven show, you know, no silliness of, like, crazy storylines. This is always about people and emotions and and giving the people that watch that hour or hour and a half with B&B to just escape and, and you know, bond with us as their family. And, you know, sadly with the situation with Kristoff, it was very important for the fans and everyone with us to mourn together because it's not just us. It is, it is their, you know, friend, friend, family member too, because they watch every single day. And, uh, obviously Kristoff was such a huge part of the show. Mm-hmm. There was a newscaster that passed away here in Los Angeles and I was, I had never met him and I was crying hysterically on a Sunday morning. And I saw a friend who said, oh, gosh, did you hear about this? I was like, yes. And it was like, it was so, it, it's so about like fans, or, you know, that watch YNR. Like I had never met this man, but I was, I, I look forward to my weekends with him. And so I was devastated. Um, so I understand you don't have to know someone, but you do feel like you know them because you are with them every day. Um, and so that like, to me, that's, that's what, that's what YNR always needs to be. And B&B needs to be a place for, you know, everyone to, feel connected in in this way and and you know hopefully it will last Mm-hmm. for many more years. <laughs> well, we certainly hope so, too. And uh, we look forward to seeing Nightmare Tenant on the Lifetime Movie Network, and we thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day, Lorley. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Lorley Bell for being our guest. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. 